Hello, everybody. If you haven't signed up for Hulu, you should do so now. If you are a Hulu subscriber, I'll be disappointed if you haven't completed Secret Chef Season 1. We hope that there's Season 2. And if not, we understand there's a lot of things going on in Hollywood right now. But there should be a Season 2. The show is crazy. It's a lot of fun. And remember, if you have watched it or if you haven't watched it, we intentionally made this a game show, a strategy show, less about crowning somebody a fictitious title of Top Chef. Yeah. And I mean that as a metaphorical thing, not to reference to Top yeah. Chef. I should say best chef in the world. If you watch the show, you will understand. Or next level chef. This is, <laughs> there is some social strategizing happening in this show. It is wild. And if you think you can do better, well, pressure, pressure our bosses for a second season and come on. But it's a lot of fun, and we intentionally designed it so kids would enjoy it as well. And my son, Hugo, is watching it, and he likes it, and he doesn't understand why I'm on the TV himself. <laughs> and all things Majordomo Media, you can visit us at, at MajordomoMedia.com. Sign up for our Discord channel, or you can not, and that's okay, too. But we have great discount codes to Any Day Cookware. Athletic Brewing, which is growing in popularity. I saw a a bunch of well-known people posting about it recently. So that's wonderful. People are drinking what I think is a great beverage, not just a non-alcoholic beer. And Cometeer Coffee, something that our our freezer at our studio in the row downtown Los Angeles is packed. And I need to steal some for my home. (laughs) And all things Momofuku. You can visit us at shop.momofuku.com. There's a discount code via our Discord channel. But our salts, our spices, our soy sauce, our vinegars, our pantry items, our chili crunch, black truffle, chili crunch, even available at Whole Foods now, and uh, noodles nationwide. Working on some other things. It's clearly a big focus of Momofuku right now. And uh, thank you guys for that support. We'll get on to the show. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Great iced tea takes you somewhere else like new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea that we have here at the Spotify Studios and drink quite a bit where unexpectedly blackberry flavor transports you to a very delicious place. So refreshing you may never want to leave. You will eventually have to though, but take your time. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit Amazon.com slash Pure Leaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf. That's 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Welcome to the Dave Chang Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by Major Demo Media. Thank you, Ola Tango, as always. I want to talk about this. We, we, I think we recorded something before, but it didn't air. And I was at the airport, and I wound up, you know, what are those called? The floating escalators, sidewalks? Like a people mover, I people think. People mover. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why the left side in America. Moving walkway. I don't think it's called the people mover. <laughs> I think that's the name of like the monorail at this end. You know, as long as you're not in England, if you're on the left side, that means you can move forward, walk. Yes. The 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 left is for passing, the right is for standing. The right is for standing. This is why we can't have nice things in America. <laughs> I don't understand why people on these kinds of moving walkways. Walkways. Stand on the left side, mm. if you're in a hurry and they can hear the footprints, like I'm in a rush, their luggage is on the right side and they're leaning on the left side. And this happened multiple times at the airport I was at. And I just said, excuse me. What kind of, what kind of luxurious life are these people leading where they're just getting on a moving walkway to stand? Just to stand there. Who has that luxury of time? And then... You, I'm the asshole, are in a rush. What I don't understand is how I'm the asshole. 
So what do you say when you run- excuse me? I, I excuse me. I need to go. Like, and they look at me with utter contempt and disgust, and really like, go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? That look, like, uh huh, right. What, what, what I'm do you, the asshole. What do you? What do you want? Oh, you need me to move. And it dawned on me that saying "excuse me" in this instance, in general, oh, is basically not. I think it was very passive. But moving forward, I, I'm seeing it more as a go fuck yourself. <laughs> Wait, let me think about this. Excuse me. Really, if you could have just, we should just drop saying excuse me and say, hey, fucker. Hey, shitbag. Okay. Hey, on. asshole. Let me think here. In, you're, you're, you're saying. Excuse me is cover up <laughs> for what you really want to say. And if I say excuse me and I'm the asshole, I think I should preempt the I'm the asshole response by just telling them mm. you're the asshole. So in this instance, for sure. For in this instance, when asshole is standing in front of you, blocking everybody on the moving hey, dumb, walkway, dumb. you're saying, excuse me. Yeah. In a very, this is legitimately excuse me here. It's just the PC way of saying, hey, fuckhead, get out of my way. Yeah. But are you saying that generally, broadly speaking, when people say, excuse me, what they really mean is, yeah. hey, fucker. Or it's just like, um, you did something fucking shitty. <laughs> and it's, hey, it's like saying time out. Right. Hey, I just sneezed and, and in a room with no windows. And everyone looks at you now and you're like, excuse me. It's like. But is that, so what are you saying? What do you, if you sneeze and you say, are you, okay, not sneeze. You burp and you say, excuse me. What do you, you think you're really saying just. What you're saying is, fuck you, don't judge me. <laughs> Go, oh, you don't fucking burp? Fuck you. Here's the other one where I know you're right is. uh Somebody says something offensive and you say, excuse me? You're 100% in that instance saying, fuck you? <laughs> but is there any instance where, excuse me, you're legitimately asking to be excused for something where you're actually being saying something polite, do you think? That's what I, that's the debate. I think you get to the origins of why excuse me was invented mm-hmm. as the polite way of saying, oh, I'm sorry. Pardon my, Pardon me. my transgressions. There's something that I have no control over. Right. Right? It's actually just for farting. Basically. No, you don't say fart. Excuse me. You don't fart and then say, excuse me. Dude, what, 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 dude who are you? Wait, no, no, no. If you are. <laughs> you're in a room full of people you fart, you're like, excuse me? <laughs> what, who are you, man? Wait, wait, wait. What do we do? <laughs> you really, if you do that, you're like, you try to blame it on somebody else. <laughs> or if you fart, you try to do that and you're just like, <sighs> I don't know. I'm not saying I'm going to. I grant you that if I'm in a room full of people, if I'm in a movie theater and I loudly fart, I'm not going to raise my hand and be like, excuse me, everybody. That was me. But if it's you and me yeah. here in the podcast studio and an audible flatulation occurs and you know it wasn't you, should I not say, excuse me, Dave? <laughs> no, I shouldn't. No, I, I, I said I, the whole thing and it makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. I, I, I really think the the main use of excuse me these days are you know go after you. yourself okay hey hey dumb dumb etc cetera, etc cetera. it's harder to find in terms of equivalent i think this is going to be a stretch but in mexico city and tokyo it's harder to find bad food than it is good food in this instance i think it's harder to find instances of a proper excuse me right. than a a 2020 forward moving forward of you know I hope terrible. You know happen. what it is? You're you're 100 right because that's the original spirit of excuse me to your to your point is excuse me for my transgression. I made it. You know, I was out of my control. Please excuse me. What people when people are saying excuse me in America, really they're saying, may I be excused from this shitty situation you have put me in here? You've locked me in here. Let me through. Excuse me from being here. And it doesn't give you, uh, it's not like a carte blanche. You don't get an alibi. There's nothing you can do. You, people are judging you regardless. You know, it's actually even more incriminating. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean it's more Or, or now you're like, no, it's allergies. It's not COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're saying. Excuse me. It's not COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Excuse me. So I think that's, pretty much it it's maybe a sneeze 
and you're like, oh, excuse me. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. you do that, that's pretty much the only thing. Like, I'm so sorry. I have zero control over my bodily functions. Now that I, I'm having a hard time, I'm trying to think if there are any other instances where I am not saying excuse me as like. It's honking a, your horn. Somebody cut you. It's the same thing. <laughs> hey, pay attention, motherfucker. The, the, the original spirit of excuse me is asking for forgiveness. The new spirit is like, I'm aggressively saying excuse me to you. I'm requesting that you excuse me from this shit. Yeah. Making you self-aware of something because you're so, your head's up somewhere. You know what I mean? Your head's not in it. Right. Because at the airport, it's also, I'm standing in the security line, this person's looking at their phone, and now there's 35 feet in front of them, and you're saying, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, what do you guys think? You guys agree with us or no? I was just asking, you know, um, does this policy also apply to escalators or is it just yeah, escalators, forward? anything where you're trying to move in front of somebody? Wait, but Dave, did we just, did Corey just admit that he stands on the left side of the escalator too? I, no, 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 no. I think he's on the right side. Right. Well, it's, okay. So when I travel with my wife, it's like two of us get on the escalator at the same time. We're next to each other. And there's always a moment where one of us is like, ah, should we do the, should we like leave a space in case like someone has to, mm. you know what I mean? I don't know. Do you stand side by side on an escalator? Or do you stand single file when you're with somebody else so that there's room for people to pass? I love Grace, but I do not need to stand by her for the, the duration of an escalator. I just don't. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, Corey, I, maybe you're newlywed, but I. I... <laughs> you're just that honeymoon phase of, I got to stand next to you, honey. I don't care for holding up traffic. You know, what about you? I stand behind Eunice on the elevator. I'm plenty tall enough to address anything that might come my way, but we're just going to stand single file. But do you guys agree that, excuse me, is now in 2023, majority of the time, a, a, a curse word directed at somebody? I've, I've never used it that way, but that's just me. Vic- Victoria? This just happened to me on a moving walkway in Vegas. There were two people standing side by side, and I wanted to get past, so I said, excuse me. And yeah, it was the look of shock. They both looked back like... <laughs> And I was like, what? right? <laughs> yes. Why are you the asshole? They're the they're the asshole trying to PDA all over the place. I mean, in Vegas too. It's it's hot. Everyone's got to get somewhere. Just get the fuck out of the way. It's yeah. so hot. Get the fuck out of my way. Or if like if I'm gambling and somebody, all my chips are in front of me, mm. and they put the plastic marker, I'm at the bathroom. Somebody sits down because they're watching their friend play. Excuse me, you're in my seat, <laughs> and funny. they look at me like. Dude, I'm watching my bro play. Get the fuck out of my seat. I'm the asshole? No, you're the fucking asshole. Right. Your right. friend just fucking... <clears throat> excuse me is really excuse you. I, I I just want a petition that we should drop the bullshit and saying, and saying excuse me. I'm, I'm as guilty as anybody. It's now default. I want to actually say something to this person, but I can't. I'm now been trained and brainwashed to say, mm. excuse me, I'm going to make it a promise to now <laughs> use only curse words. Please don't. Please don't. Please don't. Please don't. Some, next time on a moving walkway and some dum-dum is on the left side and their luggage is on the right side, I'm not using excuse me. Oh, my God. I got to come up with a new word, new phrase. <laughs> oh, my God. This is just, I don't want to see this on TMZ, man. <laughs> I can't deal with this. I can't deal with this. I don't know what do we have any suggestions can we come up with a suggestion if you have suggestions send them in to to Major Dome Media ask Dave at MajorDomeMedia.com but we gotta come up with a new phrase excuse me doesn't cut it anymore we need something to be more excuse me is dishonest it's not what you're trying to say it's passive aggressive say what you mean yeah I I like this it's actually will make the world a better place more honest no more white lies all right. Hey, dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck out of the way. Because if you, if someone's on the left side, suitcases on the right, and you have to get somewhere, and I say, they can hear my steps, and I say, hey, dickhead. Mm. <laughs> their reaction is not, hey, they're lo- not looking at me as I'm the asshole. They're now like, what? They're now in a state of shock. This is, now that I, now that you've, <laughs> now that you've, painted the picture i don't think that if we it's institute, so aggressive <laughs> it's, too, it's, it's not gonna make the world a better place no it's not if you just if we replace excuse me with hey dickhead i don't think net net 
I don't think the world becomes a better place. But I'm with you. Or again, this is how I know I'm turning into Larry David. I could just carry a bell around. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) I do. I do. Do you relish a little bit the superiority of like, I'm stomping real loud. You can obviously hear I'm behind you. You're still not going to move. You're still not going to move. It's coming. Excuse me. (laughs) I I, I enjoy the moral superiority a little bit. This is a whole other conversation about the person that decides to read a goddamn novel on a walkway escalator too. I mean, just okay. But the whole, the whole group of people, the small subset of people who feel like standing anywhere and reading, (laughs) who who are you trying to impress? Um, Can I tell you reading is not a standing activity. I'm pretty sure this has never been spoken about. And I'm trying to, um, this is slice. This is a slice of life. I'm going to bring this up and then we're going to take a break. (laughs) What you got. It just dawned on me. The kind of, cultural superiority and we're going to talk about cultural superiority in a second is when you are it's really like an elevator aspect at a airport right the elevator when you come into immigration those elevators are sort of like longer than most taller than yes. most it yep. seems to me because mm-hmm. it has to, it's going to at least two to three floors so it's pretty long it's like LAX or JFK the individual that decides not to use the escalator, but to walk it. Yeah, I know this person. Who is... You know? I mean, like... Because I got to say, sometimes I feel like maybe I'm that guy. I get it. I I mean, I think you're right to point out... Who am I proving? (laughs) Who, Who? What am I doing? Like, I need these extra steps? Right. I get it on a normal size staircase. Sometimes you're just like, listen, I'm in a rush. I'm gonna go up the normal size staircase. If you decide to take on one of the extra long staircases instead of the escalator, yeah. you are doing that for people to see. Yeah. <laughs> to make a point I about know. yourself. I know. And when when I'm watching you get winded halfway up, I'm like, whose point are you proving here? Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think we've ever isolated this kind of individual culturally. And it's not shaming. It's more of a we need to do an anthropological study of this kind of individual that decides, hey, everybody's taking the escalator. I'm going to show my superiority by walking them. And now I'm going to walk at one step at a time. I might do two or three at a time. Because it's never walking them. It's actually always kind of jogging them. Yeah. Like a crazy person. And do we, do we like these people? Well, that's interesting. Do we like these people? Sometimes I do it. I'll be honest. Sometimes I do it. Just Why to do prove, you do it? I don't even know. <laughs> just to prove your physicality to the rest of the society. Show off my calves? I don't know. But you know who you never see do it? You never, you never, you're on the escalator and think like, wow, there's Usain Bolt taking the stairs because that must mean how real athletes get their exercise. You never see true athletes doing that. It's always somebody who's just got a point to prove. I'm, I listen, I am an occasional walker up or the stairs. Of the mega stairs? The double, triple no. length you escalator know where, ones? And, you know where there are really long stairs is in London. Oh, interesting. In DC, big tube stations. Because mm. they go way down. Mm. And you took those stairs? No, 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 no. Why do they even, I guess they have to exist, but. But that leads me to the other question, and then I promise you we'll move on. Is this the kind of individual, have you ever seen somebody when you're at a hotel or work and you're on the 15th floor where they only take the stairs? I only know this person in theory. I've never met this person. They exist. (laughs) Like how, how many stories up are we talking about? Whatever it is, it's always like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Really? <laughs> it's not even, but like, they're not even really inconveniencing you. They're, they're, you're not waiting for them, but you're just like, what's wrong with you? I know. Well, who's, what are you doing? Is that person in your experience though, actually usually pretty fit? Yeah. yeah. Very fit. Yeah. Yeah. They're usually the CrossFit dudes. Probably that, though. Like that. In that case, I'm anyway. Just like, I, I don't mean to get off way way <laughs> off topic. I just was so pissed off about the situation. This motherfucker wouldn't get out of my goddamn way, and I was late for my goddamn plane. And they was reading War and Peace or some bullshit like that, <laughs> slouching, probably like and sipping on a lemonade, <laughs> having a grand old time on the goddamn move, people mover. Like they're at the World's and Fair. I'm an asshole. They're at the World's Fair experiencing this technology for the first time. All right. Take a break. I was at Kato, John Yao's great restaurant. 
at the row. I went there with Jude, Chef Jude uh, of Major Domo, with his wife Annie, and Grace. Great meal. We'll talk about that another day. Maybe we'll get John on. But I had an epiphany. Hmm. They have wonderful cocktails. Very dense wine list. I was really thinking about that. Ordering wine, that's a whole nother conversation. Mm-hmm. We won't talk about wines today. But we will talk about is the meaning of a martini. <laughs> uh-huh. I have noticed a trend, and this is really going to be a you know a trend segment, or maybe we call it signs you're getting older. Mm. I've now noticed now that the world is back online, and as I continue, especially out of the pandemic, I don't know what has happened, but I've partaken in this ritual now mm. of people ordering bone dry martinis. It is happening. Uh huh. What's, and there's a lot to unpack there. Mm-hmm. You may be listening like, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh-huh. Specifically at just restaurants, bars, wherever. People are, you're seeing people of a certain age or just across the board ordering bone dry no, martinis? it's not a certain age. It's a sign of distinguish. It's like getting your first gray hair or something like that. I don't need that. I'm going to just say this. Maybe it's more of a sign of I reached nirvana. Enlightenment. Enlightenment. It's like a religion. Mm. I've reached the last level of adulthood. Mm. I am now, you know. I'm a drinking Eagle Scout. Not only is my music stuck in 20, 2008, not but, only do I wear clothes that were given to me for free. Not only does my back hurt not all only the time. Do, you know, I don't even know what dad bod is. Is that me? <laughs> you know? Right. You've now taken your your drinking, if you are a drinker, to a level that is a signifier of, I don't give a fuck no more. I'm mm-hmm. my own. I don't give a fuck in the same way as I wear free shirts or I don't give a fuck in that, like, I have re- re- released myself from worldly concerns. I, I think it's all above. Yeah. It, it It's a sign of not just maturity. It's like. You you really have become closer to alcoholism, but also <laughs> closer to God too. Yeah, it's a strange thing. And let me explain. Is it is it a journey? It's a journey. Okay. So we, we to understand what I'm trying to talk about as a somebody that orders a bone dry martini. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know what a bone dry martini is, it is is a really <laughs> fancy terminology for iced gin. That's it. Right. With maybe just they pass the vermouth bottle over the glass. No. Nothing. Nothing. Straight just Straight gin. ice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, honestly, I don't even know what vermouth is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'll be honest. I don't even know what it's made from. Grapes of some degree? Isn't it like a fortified something Cherry? I don't. I don't know. Anyway, the martini is like, I'm sure it's like 100 plus years old. And traditionally, it's a gin. It's like two parts gin to one part vermouth on ice. It's it's become popularized because of James Bond, who has a you know vodka martini. Well, that's the one thing that honestly is not cool about James Bond. It's just <laughs> a fucking Vesper, man. Come on, man. You're better than that, James Bond. It is just like that's that is truly the my first martini. The Vesper. No, martini. your first martini is not that either. Come on. No, it should be it's like a martini for kids. Not that kids should be drinking martinis. And it's delicious, and and uh, you know, I, I I think I'm reaching that age. Well, take us on the journey for th- that you arrive at the bone dry martini enlightenment moment. So this is like the game of life. This is a game. It's like a religion of sorts. When you start out, you're you're just a a new rookie base cake, base game character in a video game, and you know. I don't know if, if youngsters are drinking, but, you know, when you're a teenager, you drink whatever you can get your hands on. Mm. Honestly, anything. Mm. You will drink, like, open containers of beverages that have been laying out. Who cares? You just are like, ah. <laughs> Beg, borrow, steal, whatever you can to get alcohol. 
Right. Yeah, you're at, you're at a, a family wedding and you're drinking half-drunk glasses of wine from the You know, table. or it's beer, wine, they're just, Boots I don't farm, care. farm, whatever. Whatever you, you want. You're, you're just ravenous to find anything. <laughs> <laughs> and then, whether you get a fake idea, and listen, I know a lot of kids now aren't drinking as much. Whether it's a good thing or bad thing, it's probably a good thing. Um, well, they've really replaced that with drug usage. That's a whole nother story. But they get to college. Yeah. And they start drinking beer. Mm-hmm. In large quantity. Mm-hmm. As much as you can possibly They start drink. drinking well drinks. Mm-hmm. They start to favor gin and tonics. That's something that will revisit them later in life. Mm-hmm. The qualities of gin and tonics and vodka sodas will increase. They also start drinking stupid sugary drink. Mm-hmm. Shots of things. Buttery nipples. Things are on fire. Things with Kahlua. <laughs> things with Baileys. <laughs> things Borgs. with gold leaf in it. Fireball, cinnamon, whatever. <laughs> Jello shots. It's, it's a smorgasbord of variety, of bad variety that's sweet. <laughs> and and you're just, it's just a vehicle to get you as drunk as possible. Yeah. There's no savoring it. Mm-hmm. But there's always that one or two individuals in college <laughs> that uh, they have to, um, they're the ones in their dorm or the off-campus housing that have frame photos and frame <laughs> posters, you know? Yeah. They, they, they dress a little bit more sophisticated. Mm-hmm. And how they separate themselves from the group is they, you're drinking uh, Coors Light. Can I get a Hefeweizen? Uh, what? What'd you say? A Hefeweizen. A Hefeweizen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That kind of stuff. The first person to drink a Hefeweizen. What are you, you just, you're squeezing a lemon in your, your vodka soda, and this fucking person's putting an orange in there? You're like, <laughs> what? Right. It's the sophomore year orange wheel in your beer. Yeah. We're like, who is this fancy motherfucker? And and then things start to change. Besides, again, we've made it well-established, your discovery of Thai food and bagels. <laughs> but also, you know, your friend Jessica's back from a, a spring abroad in a Barcelona. Mm. And now they're making sangria. Sangria. <laughs> this is a fancy party now. Fancy party. But so, like, that's it. It's basically sangria and the dude that drinks Hefeweizen. Right. And the paella that they're going to make, that yeah. they serve at 11.45. That's it. The only thing that's different when you're under 22 is the trying the person that's trying to be way older and cooler and sophisticated and that you will never speak to ever again once you graduate college. But in that moment, they are succeeding because you're like, whoa, whoa. orange wedge? I think I, why is that beer so cloudy? I didn't, how did you pronounce that? <laughs> <laughs> you try to go order your first one. Can I get a heap of woofsen? Yeah. You know, you, you go to a, a like a proper bar and you go, could I get a drought beer? <laughs> yeah. That type of stuff where you just don't know shit. Yeah. I was that individual. Right. But that is also the first time in your life you've asked, uh, what do you have on draft? Yeah. And then you start to see the, the fissures in what people consume as alcohol. There are the Jack Daniels. Mm. And then, you know. This is where you begin to really start to distinguish yourself through these little choices that you've made. That, that's it. You start off just as a young tadpole. <laughs> absorbing whatever you Absorbing whatever can you. happen. <laughs> and the only really difference makers are the people that you never see because they're studying all the time or the people that are trying to be way older and cooler. The sangria and the Hefeweizen drinkers. Uh, the video game analogy is actually perfect. When you're like a young, a brand new video game character, you're just like, Oh, all this, all these, I'll take that one coin there. I'll take this tree twig. I'll collect as much stuff as I can. Yeah. <laughs> Rum and Coke is a delicious flavor to you. You're like, wow, that's a great combination. Yeah. So, all right. College. So you've now graduated college. It's your first job, whether it's, we're going to say it's like corporate job, something like that. And you, you know, you, you realize, wow, working sucks. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. You're just like, this is so hard. <laughs> this is what I do spend all my time for to enter this life. Yeah. You mean that like, I got to wake up at like five in the morning, travel, and then like I get home and I'm too tired to do anything. I got to repeat this forever. And there's no summer break. This sucks. <laughs> so, you know, you go out with the coworkers. Yeah. 
and the the thing that you drink mm. from twenty two to say twenty six or twenty seven. It's just we're not everybody. We'll talk about the people that are the deviations, mm. but majority of people are drinking gin and tonics, mm-hmm. vodka sodas. Yes, that's it. No brown liquors yet. Some people are, and we're going to get to that okay. in a second. But majority of people are drinking clear, mm-hmm. and they're they're just it's just or even uh, white claws. A lot of those, yeah. A lot, a lot of the hard seltzers. A lot of hard seltzers. Yeah, and I'm going to say this. I'm going to characterize most of America. 75% of Americans get stuck. They mm. never, they're like the people that go to church and they never go back after like a certain age. They're done. <laughs> they're not progressing. They're not right. maturing. That doesn't mean they're bad people just as a, a drinking thing. Right. And they will drink gin and tonics and White Claws for the rest of their lives. Only time they, do they drink champagne is on like a birthday or some kind of celebration. And that's, that that champagne is like the only alcohol that's different from their vodka soda, right. gin and tonic. Type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which again, hey, that's you, that's you. And their knowledge about wine is basically like they know that if they're with friends, they can say like, oh, yeah, that Chardonnay's oaky. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but they can say that. <laughs> when in doubt, describe the Chardonnay as oaky. Yeah. Just when in doubt. And they know like box wine's not good anymore, even though that box wine is what they were drinking all the time in college. But they now know that they can't use Jessica Sangria recipe anymore. <laughs> right, right. You can't, they can't pull from the bottom shelf anymore. Now you're on the second to bottom. So things start to splinter, right? Those that get stuck there. Right. Majority of the world, Americans. Right around this time, you get the bourbon f- fraction, right? It starts to splinter off. Yeah. And that can even splinter into a couple more religions. You got like the people that start to learn about all the fittiches and scotches. <laughs> That's a rare breed. I feel like the, <laughs> the fittish people yeah. are a rare breed. And then you got like the bourbon drinkers. Yeah, 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 yeah. This and is... they're the people that read Esquire magazine. <laughs> okay. They're the people that have a stack of men's fitness in their bathroom, right? They were like, hey, I got to differentiate myself from this vodka soda clan. Mm. And I have, to, I have to be with more like-minded individuals that want the brown spirits. It is, I was going to say that, is it all men's fitness? But it is a, quite a little boys club, this brown, brown liquor club. Yeah. I mean, a perfect example of this individual is... What's that movie with Ryan Gosling in it and Steve Carell? Oh, uh, uh, oh my God. What is that called? Where, where Ryan Gosling's teaching Steve Carell how to date. 40-Year-Old Virgin? No, no, no. no. Jesus. Come on. It's called Crazy Stupid Love. Yeah, Crazy Stupid Love. Gosling nails this character. Yeah. And again, it's true because the only drink he knows how to make at home is an old-fashioned. <laughs> Now, okay, are you, is this the age where you become a bourbon nerd? Where you're like, just a little water to activate the flavor in my bourbon? Is this this age person? Yeah, and this person also starts to learn like, hey, um, I've had Pappy Rye. <laughs> right. So, which, it should be said, I, we're talking about these people in the third person, but we were this person. Yeah, we've all been these people. <laughs> and like... To some degree, this is not the only way you can bob and weave out of this. This, this yeah, you this. drink other things, but really, you've entered the bourbon phase of your life. And what else characterizes this bourbon phase, though? Is it just like is it just what you drink, or is this like a, an age that defines the kind of person you are? No, you, this is when you start to be like, I'm, I'm like, understand, like, I'm out of like, wow, life out of college sucks, and like, oh, if I just work hard. And, you bought your first sofa around this time. Yeah, too. You, you've you've graduated from. You're still in IKEA, but you're like, eh, maybe I should. But you didn't inherit your IKEA. You correct. Bought correct, your own correct, IKEA correct, for the correct. first, time. <laughs> and you're sitting on it, drinking your expensive bourbon. Yeah, you still may have that art from college. <laughs> I mean, you definitely do. <laughs> the only thing you don't have is the tapestry on the wall. That's out. That's gone. Yeah, you're drinking bourbon, and what? <laughs> So 
because because of this phase, right? There, you don't always. It's like a, it's like grades. Like if you're really smart, sometimes you can just jump. Mm. You can just jump like three three grades. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you skip a grade. But in this bourbon phase, there's a high correlation of people that are like, hmm, I make a lot of old fashions. I know a lot about bourbon. I know a lot about whiskey. What I don't know about is bitters. <laughs> so they become a bitter person. The bitters. If you don't know, right. probably a good thing you don't know this kind of person in your life. Because <laughs> that's the exact same person that was a Hefeweizen person in college. <laughs> right. They're the kind of person that has bitters at their home. And you're like, oh, I don't feel good. Oh, let me make you a bitters, bitters drink. Mm-hmm. You're, oh, I got a perfect thing for you. <laughs> some bitters, some soda. And you're like, isn't this just alcohol? <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. What age are we talking about now? This, this is now like still late 20s. Okay. And another contingent that starts to break off from all of this. Because not everyone is the bourbon bitters person, but there's a high correlation and overlap as you get to 20, 29, 30. Uh-oh. So it's a, it's a very militant organization. It's a, it, it is very much, it's, it's a strong cult in and of itself. Uh-huh. It's the orange wine people. Oh God. I've been there. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a reformed <laughs> cultist. Yeah, it is. It's it's the equivalent of being a Scientologist, okay? And and he's a close friend of mine. The music you start to listen to is LCD sound system. I love them, but I'm just saying, like, that's the band that's in your playlist all the time. And you're listening to dance music, even though you don't dance. So that is, like, this age, the orange wine LCD phase is just generally... The age at which you are doing a bunch of stuff that deep in your heart you know you don't enjoy. <laughs> I, I listen. I give James shit because I call it James Murphy wine, uh, but he has great palate. He has a fucking impeccable palate. But more or less, there is a correlation. If you are at a wedding and they play like a James Murphy cover song, and you're like, "Yeah, that's you." <laughs> yeah. What the funny thing? I was at a wedding with James Murphy, yeah. and they played a cover of his song. <laughs> It was hilarious. <laughs> um, so you have the bitters. And then that group, the orange wine group is strong, right? Because mm-hmm. if you were able to pull out of the vodka soda, clear liquor face, mm-hmm. right? You were able to escape the bourbon yeah. cult. It's very hard to get out of the orange wine. Like, it's just a strong pull. It's like a vortex. Very few people are able to leave this because you're now anywhere from like 28 to 35. You're now getting set in your ways. The music you're listening to is contemporary, right? You also, also, I imagine, have said a lot of things. (laughs) You have vehemently defended positions and talk people's ears off about these things you're into now. And now you're pretty pot committed. And, yeah, and the person that's here is not usually just a foodie. And quite frankly, these are most of my <laughs> friends. Another group emerges from this, like in an evolution. Uh-huh. It's, this is like a group you cannot fuck with. They're the coffee nerds that come <laughs> out of this. I know we're talking about alcohol, but it's like you almost have to give them props. Yeah. Because, like, they just own a lot of the fucking voters, man. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's a big overlap between the brown liquor and the uh, pour-over people. For sure. And the orange wine. Yeah, <laughs> and the orange wine. And the orange when wine. I talk about orange wine, I'm talking about no sulfites. Yeah. Oxidized, oxidized wines. Mm-hmm. Again, I think that a lot of people just get stuck there. Mm-hmm. Never to move further. And that's okay. It's a big club. But once again, things evolve as you grow. You level up. Some people are like, I want more. I want more in my drinking. I want more or I want to be even more different. I need a distinct. I need to be cooler. I need to be cooler. I need to show my culture superiority over my friends. Mm-hmm. Again, it's the Hefeweizen. We should call this the Hefeweizen principle. <laughs> 
I need even more. Almost as strong as thermodynamics. <laughs> and this is the age where you, I'm going to say, start to order Fernet. Yes. Well, well done. Well played. <laughs> Maybe you've played this game. I played this game. Listen, I've played the game of life. I've played every square of the game of life. Now you're at dinner. You're with your friends. And, you know, you graduated from Hefeweizen to, you know, you're the first person in your group to drink wines from Slovenia. <laughs> right? You're the first person now because you're the coffee person that says, oh, shit, I definitely got to get some coffee because they have that machine that I can't pronounce. But let you know, I don't even know the names myself. Right? But you're like, whoa, shit. Did you see that? They got the sickest espresso machine. You see that Marzocco over there? Oh, man? my God. Where do they get it? It costs so much. Holy shit. They start freaking out. <laughs> this is where this I got to get coffee. Where you earnestly refer to a coffee machine as sexy. Yeah. <laughs> right? It, once you have leveled up to that power, you've learned these spells. And you're at dinner. You cannot wait for dinner to be over you so you wait. can request an Amara. Because right? once you've ordered an espresso <laughs> or a, a, some kind of coffee drink and you think everyone's like, shit, after dinner is your time to shine. Dude, where did, he didn't go back to Barcelona. Where did he learn all this power, this knowledge? What the fuck? What? It's like when you watch like folk music, they say Bob Dylan went back to Minneapolis <laughs> and came back. He's like, he sold his soul to the devil. It's like, where do they get this fucking knowledge? Right. They're so culturally superior. What the hell is a nonino? Yeah. <laughs> so, and now you as a person that's just wax poetic about a coffee machine that's $50,000. And you're like, oh, that's a single origin bean. And oh, they got the right temperature. Oh, that guy was a sick barista. Mm-hmm. He won the world championship in 2020. I did a cupping last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> you think you th- every one of your friends... Thinks you're done. Mm-hmm. But the Hefeweizen principle continues. <laughs> and this is when you drop your, your drinking knowledge. You, you're, you've brought another spell to the game. Uh-huh. You drink the Fernet. So you're like, excuse me, um, you don't happen to have any Fernet, do you? <laughs> right? But when they're uh, like dropping the checker, like, yeah. Actually, could I get a Fernet? <laughs> oh, you don't, you don't have any Fernet, huh? Um, do you have any Amaro? Right. <laughs> right. The, the, like, the most advanced case of this is, what Fernets do you have? Yeah. When you have recognized there is more than one Fernet, ooh, you have a deep case of the Hefeweizen This is principle. a critical juncture in, in this path towards enlightenment, right? Drinking enlightenment. Because what it really constitutes, embodies, is you now are embracing flavors that the rest of the world thinks are <laughs> disgusting. Because of the coffee, it's you're you're now like killing your palate because you want bar- dark, bitter. Yeah, you know you, you're you're now embracing the bitter. And again, like the worst flavor in the world, in my opinion, is black licorice. <laughs> so you, now you're embracing anything that's anise flavor. Oh, I, I love that. And now you're eating biscotti with fucking anise seeds and all this shit. At this age, you are also, I think. You have diverged. You are alone. You are Jesus in the wilderness at this point now. You are by yourself. No, because people have stopped their growth. Yeah. Very few people have done that. <laughs> Proceeded into the dark woods on their own. You're, you're like, you're going. Yeah. You're, you are, you feel like you're a demigod at this point almost. <laughs> right? You're like, nobody knows this shit other than me. The sense of superiority you are developing is so addictive, <laughs> even more than the power of alcohol. Just the superiority you feel every day, waking up, looking at your Amaro bottles. <laughs> it always happens. In your, it always happens. In your new West no, it's Elm just, it's so good for cabinet. The, it's so good for your digestive system. <laughs> and then you drop shit like, did you know that things like bitter and anise flavored things are important? And the Italians and the French figured it out eons ago. <laughs> because when your stomach registers bitter flavor, it activates all these enzymes to break down the food in your stomach. That's why. This so is, now you're a fucking, you know, you're, you're, you've been getting all your information from the Joe Rogan show. Right. This, is, <laughs> this is when, even though you were born in St. Louis, you start to refer to Americans as other people than yourself. Again, most people stop here, I think. If you've gotten there, like a salmon swimming upstream, they, 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 they reached, you don't really have to go much further than this. Yeah. Because right around this time, you now are graduated 
to gym mm-hmm. in the form of real superiority. Because now you can drink this, not just at dinner. You're now at social events. You're now older. You might have, you know, long-term relationship, kids, whatever. You're the person that says, huh, oh, I see a lot of, oh, those are the vodka soda dudes over there. That's the bourbon people over there. That's the orange wine people over there. Oh, I used to be in those cliques and those groups. Oh, there's nobody drinking Aperol Spritz or Negroni. (laughs) You're now the Negroni drinker. Because now, <laughs> now you like collect old gourmet magazines and shit like that. I, I mean, as a person who lived his 30s in San Francisco, oh my God, I had a lot of Negroni friends. <laughs> a lot of Negroni friends. Because it's such snobbery. It's unbelievable. It doesn't taste great. <laughs> it's, it's basically... It's sweet. The, it's it tastes like cough syrup. I drink it. I like it, but it's not like... Because I'm like... my. I'm a problem too. It's not something I desire to drink. It doesn't taste great. cold, bitter cough syrup. Yeah. Aperol spritz, I can do. But Negronis, again, people will die. Die defending a Negroni. Yeah. And they're the same people that have invested a college tuition in an expression machine at home. (laughs) Okay? Right. This is the same person who, if you spend the night at their house and they offer to make you a cup of the coffee in the morning, you have to say no. And this, this, you will not get this leveling up, this, 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 this drinking journey you're on, very similar to like a culinary journey. When you first start out cooking, you're a new pup, everything's <laughs> wonderful, everything's grand, and the colors are huge, and you just are absorbing, absorbing, absorbing. Oh, that technique, oh, that restaurant, fraud, blah, blah, blah. And then you start making your own dishes and there's too much shit everywhere and it's a mess, hot mess. And then you start to strip away. You find your voice. What is the, what is the chef move dish equivalent of the Negroni phase? What are people who are chefs doing during this Negroni phase of their life? The Negroni phase for a chef is you hide your Noma cookbook. <laughs> right? But you put out the... Spanish cookbooks out in public that you don't know how to read. You have the old sous vide book by the Canroca brothers. Yeah. Yeah. You have the family book by El Bouilly. Mm. You might have a first gen Michel Bra. Mm. You know, I mean, you're getting the, the rare things. The Negroni are like the rare for cook, the rare, rarer cookbooks. Sure. And I mean, which for the, I have for, <laughs> the, for the home cook, I think this is also the phase in which you have. You've purchased a sous vide, home sous vide oh, machine. Oh, yes. Well played, sir. <laughs> and you might have a Gozni pizza. <laughs> You've got a Gozni pizza. Mm. A wood burning. Mm. It's got to be a wood. Yeah. You would Gozni. never get a Traeger grill. <laughs> pellets. pellets. Pellets are for Philistines. <laughs> uh, yeah. you've, you've just realized that truffle oil isn't truffle. <laughs> right, right. And you now poo-poo on anybody that uses <laughs> right. truffle. And you're making everybody eat your homemade gochujang. God damn you. <laughs> so like, again, Negroni, a very small segment of the population. Yeah, it's a, Most it's a of my level. friends are in this world and I would say I'm maybe coming out of this phase, mm. right? Because what I've realized, I think out of the pandemic with my group of friends, there are few of us, few maybe, some are real believers. Like, like I'm, I'm, I'm scared of their power right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> Because I've seen more and more people drinking martinis. And this is where the rubber meets the road here. Because this is the great schism. Once you reach martini drinking land, then everything changes. This is really, I've never thought about the martini as sort of the apex of this development. But it makes all the sense in the world when you think about it. Because honestly, martini is probably one of the most recognizable cocktails in the world. The name-wise, glass shape, all this stuff. But who drinks them? You can actually, you can go through your whole right. life. And let's go back in time. If you were a martini drinker, you might have, t- you clearly tasted in college, right? That's a phase of like, you know. I would, oh, I heard of a martini. You're experimenting. I don't know what it is, but let me. <laughs> it's your experimental phase. You're messing around. Yeah, you know. Finding the outer You're, you're smoking closed cigarettes. <laughs> no, but this is my father-in-law, who's, you know, in his 70s, said to me like a year ago, like, I've never had a martini. And I was like, what? And I realize now 
Some people just never hit the martini face. They stop growing. Wow. They're not bad people at all. It's just you never went there. Yeah, it's just like you are not on that spiritual journey, this vision quest. Okay? It's a real thing. So you've tried a martini. Ah, no, no, no. You might have had a cosmopolitan or some variation of Mm -hmm. a martini, and that's, again, in your early 20s phase. That gets crowded out pretty quickly because you're like, man, that doesn't taste good. Yeah. You've written off martinis, basically. The only gin you've ever had is with tonic water. Yeah. Right? So, the reason why I say it's a dangerous road right here is if you, again, like a salmon swimming upstream, very few people made that last lock, right? I would say 99% of the people that made it this far never make it to the promised land. Hmm. Because the vodka martini god sucks them all in. The siren. The siren call of the vodka It's very strong. They watch James Mm -hmm. Bond. They're like, I can have a fucking Vesper. Right. And they're done. Right. They start ordering it. Or they go, oh, can I have a martini? And the server, just so you know, if you're in a respectable restaurant and you you ask for a martini, you're like, a vodka? They're judging you. (laughs) Right. They're like, First of all, if you're if you're at a like, recycle, that's like oh, I'm gonna get that uh, 60 day dry age ribeye. Well done. Yeah, <laughs> it's also on the reverse. It's a sign. You know, you know, you're at a certain kind of place. If they if you order a martini and they ask you vodka or gin, mm. you're like, what the fuck? What are you talking about? It comes in gin. <laughs> yeah, and then you know, again, where this is, this literally becomes a splinter religion mm-hmm. like apoc- based on apocryphal things because they start drinking dirty mm. right the vodka thing I get because it doesn't taste like anything honestly it tastes like a lemon peel mm-hmm. I can respect the game too because it gets you it gets the job done it's fool's gold though because you can follow all the the steps and the practices but you're not going to make it you're not going to reach nirvana mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a fake it's a fake place Right. It is not the path to enlightenment. Vodka martini is not it. It's not it. You're being sold a false bill of goods. It's a false idol. It, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But if you're really on this true vision quest, you are going to do your best. You may dabble. It's okay. You can dabble. You can dabble. We all experiment in we our 20s. We all experiment. And it's okay. But sometime you might realize like, oh my God, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> You know, I was like, what have I done? I've, I've been drinking vodka martinis. I've been praying to a potato. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then you go down the gin. You, you, you see the truth and the light. The last door is the <laughs> gin martini. It's funny enough because gin on and of itself, when you tasted it in your, you know, experimenting days, you're like, ah, that tastes like, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Gin's terrible. And that's, and that's the last thought you ever had about gin until this moment. Yeah. You might have tried gin and juice. <laughs> Just because you were wondering. Because it's the song. I promise you we're about to hit the end on this. Though. But if you've, been, if you've been listening this entire way, like, just ask yourself a question. Where do you land? You were on this spectrum on this, somewhere, for sure. This Hefeweizen chart. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And what I'm beginning to see are more and more true believers mm. and their faith in this is way stronger than mine and I just don't know if I have it in me I don't know because I ordered a, it, it, here's the thing it is once you order a martini a gin martini at a restaurant like a real nice restaurant mm-hmm. where they hand select a cocktail list we make our own bitters and our own tonic water and look at this fucking giant ice ball orb this palantir from Lord of the Rings shit all of it, right? Shrubs. <laughs> lots of you know, shrubs. Like, why is there egg white in my fucking drink? <laughs> lots of shrubs. That kind of shit. And you're like, no. Are you sure? No. Oh, would you like to look at our tome of fucking wine? Okay. We have a sick wine list. What, no, gin, what gins no. do you have? No, not even gin. It's like, well, I just want a martini. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fuck you. It's a fuck you to the restaurant. It's a fuck you to everything. It's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm here for one thing and one thing only. My life is hard. I've lived life. My kids are screaming at home. Job sucks. Right. It's my one night out. My babysitter. I got two hours. I need to get the fucking job done. 
Get me one step closer to the media buzz right now. Yeah. I don't need no fucking champagne. That takes too much fucking time. Just main vein me. <laughs> give me a fucking gin martini right now. And then this is, again, the next layer is this kind of person now is like the gin preference. This person knows the micro distilleries of gin. I don't even know the fucking names. <laughs> I was just like, whatever you fucking <laughs> Yeah, because I don't want to embarrass myself. Yeah, I don't know the names of all the gins. There's like hundreds of them. I know. You know, there there are tons in Australia more than anywhere else. It is. It is a. It's a virulent strain (laughs) 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 to be able to rattle off and know all the 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 micro distillers. Now, are you afraid of this, or is this an aspiration? No, I'm pissed because I feel like I have to learn all this shit. (laughs) I don't want to. I just want to go straight to fucking go. (laughs) Give me free parking. And this is this the final stage no, of metamorphosis? No, no. Because this gin phase, in general, including vodka, you get stuck in the a lot of the dirty martini phase. Ooh, yeah. The dirty martini phase is the most py- powerful siren song mm. in the Hefeweizen mm. journey. In the video game metaphor, this is when you think you beat the game, but you haven't beat the game with all of the bonuses. No, you haven't no, got the you true haven't ending yet. All the journeys and all the side, side quests quest. and everything. <laughs> You're not really doing it, right? You and, haven't unlocked the f- true end. Because like, yeah, you might be like, oh, I don't want it that dirty. Just a little bit. Yeah. And what happens with your dirty martini phase, you're like, oh, could I get extra olives? That always happens. Mm-hmm. And then you think you're progressing. You're becoming more mature when you're like, um, two olives. Goes for four olives, two olives to one. <laughs> two. You never even touched olives. That's okay because like- you can theoretically... Go to the gin face if you go that route, right? It's a, it's a dangerous road. It's risky, but you can do it. But these are the, this is the same thing as like, I go skydiving, but I have the instructor strapped to my back. <laughs> You've never gone solo. So the gin phase is this. You learn the distillers, but really the first phase is, I just want a gin martini, mm. um, lemon or nothing, vermouth. You're just there because, like, I know when I have one gin, I feel feel like if I had another, it'd be pretty. I can't drive. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, you know, it's like I'm good. I could drive home, but if I have another, I'm fucked. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, that's the that's sort of what you want. It's like I just enough where my blood alcohol is below point zero eight, the legal legal percentage for people over twenty one in the state of California. I mean, people think people, when you think of the world of strong cocktails, I think like people say like, oh, Long Island iced tea has got all like four different alcohols in it. Long Island iced tea also has some Coke in it. Some Coca-Cola. You know what has nothing but alcohol? It's just alcohol mixed with alcohol. It's just just alcohol. (laughs) It's a martini. Straight alcohol. And it's a big pour. Like one martini is like four shots of everything. (laughs) It's just alcohol with a little bit of alcohol. And that's a martini. Um. So, yeah, that's sort of the phase I'm in right now. Mm. And I'm proud. Mm. I'm proud to be like, I don't even need the lemon peel. Just, you know, and I don't care anymore. I used to be so embarrassed about a cocktail, a cosmopolitan glass, not a cosmo, a martini glass. I mean, for those that cook, man, remember the days when we had a plate food on a fucking martini glass? <laughs> so gross. So um, or even the, the best one is you take the martini glass and you flip it the other way and you play it on the little base. On the top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember Lord those. knows I've had to do that a few times. Um, so that's the phase I'm in. But Jude, I saw he ordered something, and I I had to I had to like I was like, whoa, what did Jude do? He was like, can I get a gin martini, bone dry? <laughs> when those er- words are uttered, there's no you, you're not faking it. There's no faking an orgasm with this one. No, nothing. That is like, it's just gin, cold gin. Let me tell you what bone dry is. You've now reached a level of purity in your life. Hmm. You're no longer thinking you're a demigod. You are a god, <laughs> almost, right? <laughs> I don't need vermouth. Right. I don't need an olive and no lemon. Mm-hmm. I don't need anything. It's, it's actually the only acceptable way of like, the only thing that's left, really, is alcoholism mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. some degree. It's, it's, it's bordering that. But it's like, it's the... Just 
It's Gin the, it's on the, ice. It's the tiniest bikini keeping you from pure nudity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 exactly that. It's um it's also the word martini bone dry. Gin martini bone dry. That word basically explains like again so much. I've lived such a hard life. My day's been so fucking hard. I just need to relieve some of the fucking pain. But you know, like I don't even care about the Hefeweizen journey. I it's zero fucks about everything. It's the only it's the socially acceptable way of saying please pour some alcohol just, into my mouth as quickly yeah, as possible. Yeah, it's just like, get me drunk. Just get me fucking drunk while these edibles fucking kick in. Just get me fucking drunk. Help me forget. Just help me forget. Yeah. Put me back in the matrix. Yeah. And I, I, I've seen it a handful of times in the past six months, and I think it's a trend. And if you noticed it, I'm telling you, I think there's, it's going to be like the leftovers. They're all going to leave us. Mm. And I don't want to be left behind. I got to fucking catch up. I got to learn the distilleries. I got to start to get to a three martini drink dinner. That's the goal. If you can drink three martinis, we used to have that club in New York. A small group of us used to have a three martini. We'd have to get three martinis. That is else. so much, so much booze. Uh, three martinis, you are you are not making it. No, you're not making it anywhere. No. Maybe not even to the end of dinner. No. <laughs> there is. If you I, will wake up in heaven. I want to ask you something, though. I think that there, I mean, like you said, there's lots of sort of side quests and things in this pathway to enlightenment. But as I was thinking about this, and placing myself in this in this world, like I I am in the I'm teetering in that same place as Jude and you. No, right no, now. I think you've already gone straight there. <laughs> okay, I've, what I've, what what is your drink now, Chris Yang? Just gin on the rocks. It's just, yeah, <laughs> he, it's just like straight substance problem. It's now. just a problem. But you don't even order. You you don't even worry about the the title anymore. Just gin. I mean, legitimately, legitimately, <laughs> that's what I do. Next thing is gin rubbing on the nose. <laughs> There's a there's another intermittent side quest that I've, I have found uh, both myself and my some of my social circle on, and it is an interruption from the gin phase of enlightenment. It's kind of a midlife crisis phase because you didn't place this drink in there because this belongs somewhere in this path, and I think it is actually the age of 41 to 43 when you're just trying to grasp onto the last shreds of your reckless youth is the margarita phase. <laughs> When you are drinking oh, a I, lot I, of margaritas. I, 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 I see and hear you on that. And I skipped that phase altogether. You see, but you recognize what I'm talking about. I do about. recognize it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Senator, for bringing that up. Wait, it's I? a huge movement. And especially when um, this bothers me tremendously. <laughs> when they no longer call it by that name, but they're just like, let's get Marks. some marks. So I'll, I'll, I'll let this go in one second, but I want to tell you this really It's quick true. Story. That age range is right. I would say 39 to 43 is pretty accurate. We were at our friend's house the other day who has a pool. We were having, a, it was a, you know, sunny weekend day. Three moms of two, each had two kids, three moms all in that 39 to 43 year range had all come and each one of them separately without discussion had all purchased the same one liter can of margaritas from Trader Joe's. They all showed up with the same thing. And I was like, this is a thing. You're all in a phase mm, right now. Mm, mm. You've been listening to that margarita meme. Song I, I got to be honest. I cannot comment on the margarita phase because I, I just didn't go to, down that road. You dabble. I know you dabble with dabbled tequila it. for a second, but you skipped into gin. I saw that. Oh, tequila. Yeah. I, to me, I, you're right. You know, I'm sure that somebody that's critiquing us would be like, ugh. You know, because yeah. there's, there's another world out. where somebody says like, actually, tequila and mezcal is the final. Uh, mezcal falls into the Amaro phase of development. Now, I feel you're, like. you're right. This is a whole ultra, alternate universe, right? <laughs> there's many ways to reach Nirvana. Clearly, <laughs> the Buddha has told us so. But the the tequila, a lot of people get stuck on the 1942. Like that's their that's their holy grail. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And. Yeah, the mezcal nerd is probably the most dangerous. Dangerous. It's a very, very scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. But that is that's somewhere in this. We're gonna we'll fit that into the puzzle. It's like somewhere. the comic book nerd meets the vinyl nerd meets the beer nerd, right? And they transform into mezcal nerd, right? And they're just incessantly talking about mezcal <laughs> <laughs> forever. <laughs> 
It's like mezcal this, and every gift is a mezcal that. <laughs> it's just like the anime of alcohol. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Listen, I got I, again. I've skipped over the mezcal and the marg altogether. But you're right. That's a whole nother way to reach it. But we have to wait for evidence to to support that you can still wind up on the. Martini. Like, Martini is where the penitent man... I agree with that entirely. I think the end of the road is the Martini. Agree. I think that... For sure. Quite frankly, I think that if you go down to Marg... It goes Marg... uh, Marg, tequila. And within tequila, you're like, oh, Reposado or Anejo this or whatever, whatever. I think it might... I think it might just take you on a complete... I think it's like... Silver, Anejo, Reposado, Psilocybin. <laughs> I think it's just a different path entirely. Carlos Castaneda. <laughs> and then you, you, you become a mezcal nerd. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a whole different... It's a different path. Yeah. It's like in Harry Potter. They're not... They're the other fucking wizarding school. <laughs> yeah. Bow Batten's Academy. Anyway, I think that the gin thing is a trend. We've just gone on for about an hour to talk about... The gin bone dry movement that I think is, I think, I think it's happening. For it's real. happening, folks. And you're seeing more and more gin martinis. And I just think hats off to you, folks, because <laughs> you've lived a hard life. You've seen shit. You've experienced shit. And you just need a painkiller. You just need to dull, dull it a little bit. And you've earned it. <laughs> you've earned it. <laughs> Yeah, just get you where you need to go. Just get me there. Well, we were supposed to talk about all kinds of other shit today, but I think we should leave it at this. How could we talk about anything after you've established the Hefeweizen principle? I think it's a good name. Einstein didn't come up with a theory of relativity and something else in the same day. The Hefeweizen principle is the one step up of the annoying person that's trying to be culturally superior to those around him. And honestly, the only thing that's left, just to summarize it, the last level, the last boss, the last door before becoming Buddha himself is the bone dry martini. Yeah. Gin martini. That's it. That's basically the more, if you just want to fast forward, we should put a note. Just come to the end and like an hour, six in that summarizes the Hefeweizen principle, (laughs) right? You move on from Bob Marley posters and tapestries in your fucking dorm room to Sangria from Jessica, Barcelona. Oh, okay. Last question then for you before we, we get out of here. If I'm listening can I skip? Can I just like blow the Mario warp whistle and skip all the way from Sangria yes. to yeah, Martini? Well, well, can I skip all that development? You know, good on you to bringing that up. <laughs> it's a it's a tall task. It's a dangerous road. It's a very dangerous road. You might not be ready. You may not be ready because if you try it and you fail, you may not come back the same person. <laughs> I mean, you can do it. It looks like a fucking straight shot, but no. <laughs> it looks like a straight shot. It looks like a straight shot. It, it looks like you could reach the green over that water. There's many you pitfalls can't. called life ahead of you. <laughs> I prepare you for the road. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you can't go from there immediately. I mean, you can. You can. But I haven't met any. Theoretically, it's possible. Theoretically, it's possible as a 22-year-old it is foretold. Woman or man. <laughs> the prophecy says. <laughs> yes. You may be the chosen one to no bullshit be like, yes, I want a bone dry gin martini. And if you did that, I, I don't know what would happen. They might expel you from school. <laughs> they might make you the You're dean. too powerful. <laughs> too fucking powerful. They might put you in charge. What do you do? What do you do when you've experienced one all of life in one cup of booze? <laughs> other than live forever (laughs) give us five stars and uh, go go practice the Hefeweizen principle alright it's okay if you're stuck on vodka sodas it's good (laughs)